This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We'll get a cannoli expert panel. Look, it'd be good. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Del Canola. Hold on, hold on. I want to say, I want to tweak this conversation. These are the things we like. These are Sicilian. These are our dreams for the country. Quote, unquote, canolas, because Campania makes its own. I know, they don't. No, but why why do we? No, but I. He hates Sicily. He's very anti Sicilian. I'm not anti Sicilian. You are. I'm not. No, no, I'm not. I'm just saying Campania. Don't go making Schwalliadels, all right? They're the business. They're their business. So that's. We have a different one. I just want to, I think, use the word Sicilian as the adjective. I'm proud to do that. Because Campania has its own, and I don't want Campanias to be thrown under a bus. And New York, because. Because there yes. is a specific kind of New York cannoli, and we need to. All right, wait. Let's have this conversation that. on. Okay. Mike. All right, ready? Okay. Oh, we're not on air. Well, we're recording, but we got to do the show. Patrick it follows. You know, if follows we're it. recording, why don't we? Because it's hard for me to edit that Pat. back in. Yes. All right, ready? All right, we're gonna what start. Uh, shush. I don't know what happened. Zeta, oh, everybody. Kasuchi. <laughs> Here comes the music. See that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great From the moment you're a small bambino You eat pizza, you drink vino Then they make you roly-poly you get stuffed with ravioli. If your mama's a paisano, you will have the world on a plate. So see that you're born an Italiano and your life will be great. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. I am your moderator, John Viola, and I am joined today by... Pat O'Boyle, Rosella Rago, and we have a special guest with us today, uh, joining us here in the Tower of Italian Power, uh, Allison Scola, who is not only a renowned expert on travel, on Sicilian culture and uh, traditions, but also a member of the New Neighborhood, a supporter of our show, and for those of you out there who are part of the New Neighborhood, we got a neighbor on today, so this makes it extra special for us. be mine, be mine. I like that song. How do you say that in Malay? How would you sing the Mr. Rogers that, opening theme song in That's Malay? a project we must do for the uh, new neighborhood. I'm not ready. To, to <laughs> can we do it? Can we put that? So, can Al- we, Allison, welcome can to we, the Italian Thank you. Uh, Is my microphone working? <laughs> well, uh, your microphone is perfect. Allison, welcome to the Italian American Podcast. Grazie. It's wonderful to be here. It's really great to be together today. And we talked about different topics that we were going to discuss. And we're actually going to push this episode a little earlier than some of the other ones we've recorded prior because we wanted to talk about what's going on in Italy and here in the U.S. that's in the top of the news cycle, which is this coronavirus. We're here in this uh, city of New York that we all love so much that is seeing more and more and more cases every day. And Allison is a travel expert and runs a travel company, Experience Sicily, and a, a domestic company, the Cannoli Crawl, which does tours here in New York City, uh, 
cannoli and Sicilian uh, culinary tours. But as a small business owner, you're directly impacted by this. And of course, yes. because we Italians are so lucky, the two places being impacted right now, Italy and the U.S., Italy more than almost any other country with the exception of China and South Korea. So I wanted to give everybody in the audience a little sense of, you know, there's a lot of people planning trips, a lot of people who book stuff. What are you hearing? How are you handling it? What are you doing for your company and what they might expect and what you're hearing from Italy? I think that's really important. And then talk a little bit about your products and what you do uh, when we're all recovered from this. Right. Well, my suppliers in Italy, my friends and the people I work with there are certainly in very focused on Sicily. Um, business is open. That's what we're yeah. saying. So I have a trip planned and in a couple weeks, and at the moment I am planning to go. Now, I'm not bringing clients with me. It's my research trip for the year. However, um, certainly it's day-to-day. And I and that's one of the things I, I want my clients to know. that Let's take a breath, um, especially if you're traveling in May or June. We don't know. Even April at this point, yeah. we really don't know. No one knows what's going to happen. And I really like what I'm seeing in terms of how the Italian government is handling this. Yeah. I think they're being very smart about public events being canceled, et cetera, to contain this. Let's just put into perspective a little bit where we are on the calendar. Right now it's March 4th. This episode will air on March 9th. So today, mm. uh, as we talked about as soon as you came into the studio here, the Italian government has now officially closed all educational uh, facilities, yes. all schools from preschool through university Correct. level. Correct, so as of an hour ago or so. Yeah, yeah. that's a pretty substantial decision. Um, mm-hmm. We all know the Italians love a good vacation, but that's something kind of uh, unique to to the course of things. So yes, and I know from my cousin, who is my partner in Experience Sicily, she's also a school teacher in uh, Scuola Superiore, and they're not happy about it. They don't want to stay home. They want to be in the classroom, yeah. and the students do too. And certainly, a lot of their do they really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, also because a lot of the, the the students travel around Italy this time of year. They have a lot mm-hmm. of field trips. And so the fact that they're going to have their field trips canceled and that sort of thing is, is sad for it's them. It's tough, yeah. Just like, you know, me, I mean, I've been planning this trip I'm taking for five months yeah. myself <laughs> and clients as well. So we don't want to have to cancel our trips. Um, I think that, like I said, the Italian government's doing the right thing. I think that they are being very prudent. And listen, 13% of their economy is tourism. Wow. 13%. So they know they can't take this lightly and they have to take it very seriously. They want to nip this in the bud. And for me, as a tour operator and a small business owner, I appreciate that. So I'm staying calm. I'm really informing myself. And I have clients that have planned to go in March and they are going to be postponing their trip. Mm. Um, I hope that they'll go in June or in September or sometime next year. We'll see. Um, So obviously I have to be responsive to their feelings and I'm going to be more flexible than usual sure. with my um, cancellation policies. Obviously, I have worked for them. I've helped them. I've spent hours on the phone with them, et cetera. So there is something that has some compensation sure, that needs yeah, to course, remain. Yeah. However, if I can postpone their trip instead of canceling it altogether, that's what I'm hoping to do. Because in the end, too, for my partners in Sicily, my business is very much focused on the mission, of course, is to give my clients an experience in Sicily that is authentic, that they want to come back wanting to return to sure. Sicily as soon as possible. Um, but the other part of my business is bringing business to Sicily. Yeah. And for me, founding this company, that, that's that been a major part for me, is really connecting with small tour operators, women who have businesses, 
you know, like cooking schools and yeah. um, they give street food tours or they're giving experiential tours in their village where a village of 1,200 people that otherwise doesn't have any ec- of course, economy. That, uh, so that, for me, it's a big p- piece of the puzzle here, too, that I support my colleagues there. And I think that people miss that a lot. Uh, you know, if you're not in business in and around Italy, uh, you know, I was at the National Italian American Foundation right in the end of the Arab Spring. And over the years that I've done business, or Pat and I have done business together, even before I was at NIAF, going to Italy, you can see a fundamental difference in tourism in the South that has been a direct result of what was a very, very secure base of tourism for the North African countries that has not rebounded to where it was prior to that uh, revolutionary You think that moment. was that much of a yes. factor, John? Significant. Significant. And I mean, I've, heard I mean, I've heard people Absolutely. say it, but yeah, I had conversations I with Sicilians, in the Sicilians in the government who gave me statistics based on what they had seen. I mean, some, some cities in Sicily were seeing like 10% increases over yes, the year. Yes, because they're not going to Tunisia. Because they're not going to Tunisia or, or, Tunisia. or yeah, <laughs> any of these. Or Morocco. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and even Egypt. They're choosing Sicily because it's exotic compared to northern Italy, certainly. And then it's not North Africa. Yeah. And it's going to hurt. Yeah. It's going to hurt. I mean, so tourism was on a high. And people, I think, you know, take for granted that tourism in Italy has always been significant. First of all, tourism in Italy, even though we have 50-some-odd percent of the world heritage sites in Italy, yeah. is still lower than Spain and France, which t- tells you yes. a lot about our organizational yes. skills and, and advertising. And up until this real shift 10 so years ago, uh, I think it was only like 20% of tourists that did come to Italy made it south of Rome with the exception of the Amalfi Coast. That is terrifying when you see the revolution we've seen and you know that it's all on the precipice right now because people are scared. And yeah. the businesses, you know, for, remove tourism. The, the export business, the way that the Italian manufacturing sector is set up legally Companies are incentivized to stay under 15 employees and stay small. So these companies cannot take the pull of this global shutdown. I mean, the Chinese no. factory is going to come back. An Italian business might not. And, and I don't think people see that. Right. We can't have people think that they shouldn't buy Italian olive oil. Right. Exactly. Or any, any cheese or product from Italy because of, of this coronavirus. Right, That's but uh, what's crazy. N- what's next? Like, will they be able to get the products out of the country? Will they shut down well, shipping? Ca- you know, ca- how ca- far, you encounter that how too, right? How far is, that, is this going? Yeah, I mean, you already are having issues ordering anything from China. So any, any small business, take like a girl who owns a dress shop in New Jersey. You know, yes. she's going to have problems getting merchandise yep. from where she has to order it from. Mm-hmm. So what's the next step? You know, uh, right. people, Italian food importers, Italian product importers, are they going to be able to get their containers out of the country? Scary. Right. right. Really scary. Mm-hmm. So we're not only going we're not only going to be seeing, you know, uh, the travel business affected. Uh, think about how many businesses stateside. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we just had the episode last week about the AIFC and the uh, lobbying against tariffs added to Italian mm. products. And we, we, again, we talked about how many small businesses rely on those products here in the U.S. And so this is, again, extrapolated out. You talk about a global society. What happens in Italy really does affect particularly our community, but a lot of America, a lot of products, a lot of tourism. It's a big, big deal. And we just want to make sure we, we have a lot of listeners that we communicate with in the new neighborhood or that reach out to us. They really want to know what to do because these are big decisions. Some people have never been to Italy. This is their big yeah. first trip. And now yeah. do you go, you know? Yeah, I have friends um, who, who booked on their own, but they're going to Naples. My friend Sue, and she um, 
She's turning 60. She just turned 60 the other day, and her 60th birthday present was going to meet her cousins outside of Naples, for example. Oh, and they're supposed to leave, like, tomorrow or something. So I, I last I heard, she was still planning on going. But this is certainly, you know, how do you do – I mean, even <laughs> – like, I'm upset because this is my mental health, you know, yeah. trip as this well. This is your personal trip. Yeah, here. so I've been working for months to – it's been sustaining me to be working for months to get there um, and to have to cancel – I just can't even think of it. It's right now. My I heart's know. breaking. So for someone who doesn't go all the time like I do, I can't imagine um, the pain of having to cancel. Oh, I mean, I, I actually thought about it last night, um, and I posted something on my Instagram, and it was like uh, the ladies in Body Vecchia who make pasta. And, you know, just thinking, you know, Body has had, Puglia has had such a renaissance. Yes. Yes. Since I yes. started doing tours there seven years ago. I mean, mm -hmm. I've just seen it kind of explode. And this past year at the New York Times Travel Show, one yep. of the ladies from Body Vecchia came. Exactly. Nunzia so came cool. and made Orecchietta <laughs> at the Javits Center. Yep. yep. She was on TV. I mean, it was tremendous. Yeah. And to see this flower totally bloom and now it's like, you know, they must be terrified. And those those ladies alone, that's one street in one town. But right. they rely on tourism. Absolutely. They're making those, that yes. pasta for tourists. Yes. And then the question becomes, when you lose the commercial aspect of those kind of things, is the tradition surviving because it's become commercially viable? Do you lose the tradition? You know, if... if, if it regenerates... Body is such a beautiful... Gorgeous city. city. What it happens is, when Nunzia is. has to go get a job at like a mechanics? Uh, <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> at, at, at Bosch. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. It's a good question. I mean, Nicole and I were in Veneto for New Year's Eve this year, and we landed, and uh, the driver that was taking us from the airport started talking to us and found out we were Italian Americans. We knew the news, and I asked him, you know, we were thinking about going to Venice for a couple of days at the end of the trip. What do you think? And he said, please go because the hotels are only at sixty percent occupancy, whereas they'd normally be full. And the Aqua Alta that everybody was, you know, all in the news and fundraising and charities sprung open and all of this reaction to the, the highest water since the 60s. He's like, but, you know, it doesn't matter how high the water is. The same stuff got destroyed. We've been cleaning it up for hundreds of years. We cleaned it up again. Four days later, we were open for business and nobody was there. And, I mean, the Venetians have every right to complain about mass tourism. It's been a blessing and a curse to the city. But when you're on that drip and they pull out the needle... Where do you go? Right. You, you, you're relying on that. That's your economy. It's your so, economy. Yeah, and, and tourism in Sicily has grown significantly, too. And it was number seven on the New York Times 52 places to visit in 2020 list. Wow. And part of the reason why it was on that list was because it is so, it's a sustainable tourism model at the moment. Hmm. So What does that mean? It means that it's like the women who make pasta in the streets and body. This is something that they normally do. It's a small cottage industry they're not attracting massive crowds mm -hmm. like a Disney World does, for right. example. Um, yes, there are places like Messina Taormina that you're going to see big cruise ships coming. Right. They're coming in and out for the day. And so that's where you get those mass tourism. And that that's not sustainable tourism no. at no, all. No, it's not. Because yeah. it, they they're not coming respecting Sicily so much. They're coming to just, like, shop and get out, in right. and out. and. Yeah. And with their trash and whatever else. It's so, a hit and run. Right. But when you're going in a small group, like the tours that Experiencesly hosts, um, this is sustainable tourism. You're melting with the people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're going to see what they're doing in their lives as they do their lives. So if you're in the countryside and you're running into a shepherd with his flock of sheep, you're saying hello to him, but you're not doing anything to disturb his right. livelihood. And you're observing their livelihood and the, the way they live. 
and that's almost a luxury for us. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's a type of luxury to, to well, experience Well, because that. Puglia and Sicily, they're similar in the sense that, like, there aren't massive resorts that cater no. to, there. there's no Club Med. No. no. You well, know, there is in Sicily. <laughs> there was well, one. Sort of of isn't it closed, though? It's in Chefalu. Yeah, um, I thought it closed. But it's small. It's yeah. not It's not important. But the infrastructure is nowhere near you know, what they, it's They want to stay in a and b They want to yeah. live with the people. They want to, you know, live like an Italian. You're going yes. there to tour in a completely different way than you would in the Amalfi Coast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's the interesting thing, right? Like, particularly in the south, but even in the north, the, the tourist destinations, the traditional Italian, like Dolce Fagnente tourist destinations that everybody expected from the post-war era until very recently, they are so overly saturated. I mean, people talk about going to Positano. Positano was a middle-of-nowhere town that can't handle the tourism that it's been getting since the you know turn of the century, really, grown after the war. The plumbing can't hold up. No. It's not built for this. Right. So what is really... So the people of Positano go to the bank smiling. I'm sure they do. But they handle it. I mean, they, they, I mean, they, they do a good they, job. They've been job. cursed they with do a great job oodles and oodles like of money. No one in Positano <laughs> is saying, please, let's go back. They, no, that's true. When you think about, when you get off the boat in Capri, and you're like, how the hell is my luggage going to meet me? You know, oh, they, they make it work. They do a, a very good job, yeah. an arduous job at yeah. those golf carts going up a mountain. It's all inspiring can I, can I just say something? You know, and to put when you think of when I when I know what I know about Italians, and I think of how many years it took to get that infrastructure in yeah, place. Yeah, that's true. And when I know what I know about Sicily and Puglia, and how long it took to get to this yeah. point, yeah. where people are going to uh, no, I want to go to Sicily, yeah. and not like just Palermo to visit family. I want to go to this little town, and I want to you know ride a donkey, and and I want to do all those things. See how and they I, make ricotta. Yes, yeah. and I want to go to 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 Puglia, and I want to go see the ladies in Body Vecchia and I want to, you know, live with them and have them slap me before they, they <laughs> give me a plate of pasta. I want to be yelled yeah. at yeah. by a nonna <laughs> in a small village. And for them to get it, you know, for the government to get it, oh, people want to do this stuff. Right. Oh, okay, right. let's put some infrastructure And that in was place. actually, uh, just a month ago, the uh, president of Sicily was here and I was at a, a roundtable with him. Um, it was uh, about eco economics and importing, exporting. And I said, you know, it was, I asked the question at the Q&A. I said, tell me how important tourism is to Sicily and what Sicily is doing to, to increase tourism or, or sustain what they have. And it just goes to show you some of the politicians actually don't know what's going on. But some? I mean, he said, he said, well, we're planning on building another golf course and, and doing a, um, a Luna Park, uh, an amusement park near another amusement park near Etna. And I said in front of everyone, I said, let me tell you something. I was the only tour operator. Well, there was one from Rome that was saying they were Sicilian, but I'm the only real Sicilian tour operator that was at the New York Times travel show this year. And I said, and let me tell you what my clients want to do when they go to Sicily. <laughs> they want to see sheep, and they want to see how people make ricotta. Yeah, yeah they, they want to taste ricotta golf. right no. out of the cauldron. <laughs> They're not interested in going there to play no. golf. And what was their response? You know? Well, because Italy doesn't like to hear <laughs> you're wrong. In New Jersey, the, <laughs> the right. audience understood and and supported me with a reaction. Um, and he was listening and they and and so he and one of uh, his ministers gave me their cards and I'm hoping to meet with them when I'm in Palermo in at the end of the month 
to have a further conversation about what Americans are looking for. And I'm not talking about Italian Americans necessarily. I'm talking about all Americans, different types going to Sicily because people are interested. They finally are hearing about the seven UNESCO World Heritage Sites, Mm -hmm. the depth of history that's there, the incredible culinary uh, culture that's there. There's so many experiences to have uh, the sea itself is so beautiful, and so to take a boat trip on the sea and swim off the boat and go snorkeling or even scuba there is incredible. Before Instagram, who had heard of Marzamemi? Exactly, uh, that's the nobody. Example. The Campisi and, store and, and, and Scala dei Turchi, which yeah. is a, a white cliff, yeah. you know, like the cl- white cliffs of Dover, incredible scenery to see. No, in fact, I started my Instagram in 2013 before many people were on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And it's very funny because I'll be sitting on the, I was literally in September, I was sitting on a bench on, on the, the Casaro, the, the principal street in Palermo. And I was like texting a friend of mine and somebody comes up to me and says, are you Allison from Experience Sicily? <laughs> I follow you on Instagram. And it was a Sicilian and it was just amazing because I, I've been doing that so many years. I was one of the pioneers of Sicily Instagram. Now there's so many. And so yeah. I can see my dr- the drop in likes every day because <laughs> it's so competitive. But yeah, once people started seeing what is there and that was the mission of me starting my blog and my Experience Sicily Instagram, but posting on Facebook every day, I wanted to show people, look at what's there. Yeah. Let's talk Talk about the amazing history, 3,000 years of human history. Let's talk about Montreal Cathedral. And you walk in and you see 63,000 square meters of mosaic tiles around this whole incredible place. Probably I mean, the finest in the world. Too. Incredible. I, I, you really can give Hagia Sophia a run for its money, actually. Uh, yeah, well, and it, it's on that level. Yeah. And so is when you go to the Roman Villa del Casale. Mm-hmm. is incredible. And to uh, Roman scholars, the ancient Roman scholars are learning about Roman life from that villa in Sicily, which so many people don't know even exists. So now, you know, they're getting the information. So, so yes, seeing this recent event of this virus, we have to stay calm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need to keep promoting th- these places and, and getting people there and supporting I the mean, economy. I mean, this is, coincidentally, this is the one year I'm not doing my tour. My uh, tour operators, Pasquale and Jennifer, are still doing the same tour. I won't, I won't get to be there. Um, it was just a decision that I had to make based on just getting married and trying to prioritize starting a family. And, you know, I got to do it sometime, guys. <laughs> so, uh, you know, to see how everything is playing out is just really surreal at the moment and really scary. But yes. uh, at the same time, you know, the bottom line is we worked so hard to get here mm-hmm. and Italy worked so hard to get here. And to see this happen is devastating. It's yeah. devastating. I look at like Matera. I mean, uh, you know, I have part of my family, my paternal line that comes from Basilicata. And my great-grandfather emigrated from Basilicata to Campania, met my great-grandmother. So my grandfather was born in Campania. So we always went back to those towns. And as I got older and started doing my genealogy, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. No wonder I couldn't find my great-grandfather. He was from Basilicata. So Pat and I went and met the mayor of the town, uh, Latronico. beautiful place. And they took us on a tour. And we went to my first time to Matera. And I, you know, I'm learning about how the Sasi, which are the cave dwellings that were uh, some of the oldest inhabited places in uh, Europe, were abandoned in the 50s and 60s as unsanitary and unsafe. Obviously, they were not. And they've been returned to this amazing glamour, frankly. I mean, you talk about yes. Instagram. Yes. Keep, like these hotels. I look <laughs> at them incredible. like, holy cow, my wife and I are like, we got to go to these hotels. Yes. And to see 
a, pl- a place that was forgotten by time, for, by, by Italians, let alone yes. the world, have its moment. It was a European capital of culture in 2019. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was a huge success. And now you think, how long can that be sustained if people stop coming? And I'm sure trends will go back. I mean, people, these destinations have done a good job of getting the word out. And like Ro always says, and like you point out, Allison, Instagram and Facebook have made a world of difference because now it's in front of you every morning. But uh, I just worry about this head of steam that these places had. And it's so different. Like we go to Naples, Pat and I go to Naples a couple times a year, some years. And in the past 10 years, I've seen the fabric of the city change. Total, Less graffiti. Co- totally changed. Le- yeah. It's amazing. It's a different, Naples the, the, is amazing. The appreciation yeah. for the, their own city that the people yeah. have because it's being discovered. It's amazing to think that a Greek city that's been inhabited for how many millennia is being discovered in 2010, 2020. Right. But, you know, it it's clear that when it is, as you point out, sustainable tourism, there's also a positive impact on the social psychology of the place. Mm-hmm. And I Absolutely. worry about that. And actually, if you watched, um, I'm kind of crazy. Um, I was watching the president of, uh, president of Italy, Mattarella. Mattarella. <laughs> who's a Sicilian. <laughs> who's a, he was from Castelmare del Golfo. <laughs> um, he <laughs> <laughs> Pat's doing the he international <laughs> sign for throw up in my mouth. He did. No, uh, I'm outnumbered today. <laughs> <laughs> Dolores, come. I'm outnumbered. Um, he was doing, he was addressing Italy. Uh, it was like the New Year's Eve address or something. Yeah. He was sitting, you know, the fireside chat. But what he was saying is, you, you know, he was saying to the Italian people, you look at how the rest of the world looks at us. Yeah. Look at how we should be so proud of our heritage and all we have here. What people from all over the world flock to Italy to to travel here and enjoy sure. our culture and our way of life. I mean, it was so cool to hear him talk like that and help them change their yeah. men- mentality about themselves. You that, know? No, Italy is a thing. self-loathing country, guys. Completely yeah. self-loathing yeah. country. Yes. The Italians in Italy uh, have uh, you know significantly less pride for the country than Italian Americans. Some Italian Americans who have never been to Italy love Italy. Ten times more than an Italian that lives there. Right, they have flags in their dining room. That kind of memorabilia to an Italian person that lives, w- you would never see it in their house. No. I no. remember going to a meeting in Different. the Italian embassy when I was at NIAF, and uh, we, I don't know why, we were, it was like just me and a small team, like three people, and we were there to basically answer questions from a panel of deputies from the Italian Chamber of Deputies, which is the equivalent of their House of Representatives. And uh, of all parties and all regions. So we go and we sit across the table and they're asking us different questions, tourism, this, that, and the other, the Italian-American community. And we were talking about something and about pride and patriotism. And by the end, uh, they looked like they had been, like we'd been trying to explain trigonometry. Like they were really confused. So one guy came up to me, one deputy, <laughs> and he said, uh, Mascuzzi, it's like, in, in English, I'll do it. He says, you Italian-Americans are very proud, aren't you? I said, yes, we are. You know, we, I think it's because we didn't have the post-war. And I started to get, like, sociological on him. And he took out his cell phone. I'll never forget. This is a member of the Chamber of Deputies. Took out his cell phone and showed me the case was the Italian tricolor and said, I am too. As if he was showing me he was, like, a Nazi. I'm like, it's good. You're, you're an elected official. You should be proud. In our country, <laughs> if you don't wear an American flag pin, we think something's wrong with you. Right. So it's like... Right. It's I, offensive. It's, it's crazy <laughs> that, that he was right. like, had to hide his pride in being Italian as a public official and show it to me like undercover. It's not cool. It's not cool. No. It's right. not cool. Like the, the, you know, I think we should do well, a show on like a profile on the modern Italian. I wonder if it has to do with the campanilismo. 
that the, the they're no, so no, I they're think so I, local locally proud. I think proud that what happened is that the more so than the the nationally. They're not even locally proud. When I go to Maladi Body, yeah. they think I am the craziest person yeah. to ever come out of Maladi Body, and they're like, "Why do you promote Mola so much? It sucks." <laughs> yeah, I think Campanilismo was a was a negative in terms of a sense of national pride, but I think now we're in a phase, particularly in like the evolution of the European Union and conversations about globalism where it's simply not cool to be Italian in Italy. Yeah, but I think what happened I really is believe that. If no, you disagree. No, I, I'm, I'm perplexed. Yeah. No, yeah. but perplexed. I think I think what happened is after the war, mm. the right was discredited in Italy because yeah. it had been married. So all the institutions. Yeah. The right had been discredited because it, it cooperated with fascism. Fascists were discredited because... They were in bed with Hitler and everything else that went on. Sure. Um, you know, you brought this about the monarchy was discredited because the Savoyas, the quote unquote unifiers of Italy, had been in bed with the government that had gotten in bed with Hitler. Mm-hmm. And I think that the ones that came out, I mean, Italy canonized the partisans, right? Yeah. So the left, the the people, I guess, who would be in today's world, um, what would you say, above nationalism? Above nationalists? Yeah, like they were like non-nationalists, like super, like globalist. Yeah, a, glo- a, a mentality came, and they—that was the underpinnings of the European Union that we're we're Europeans, that we're one big family. Mm. And I think that patriotism, in an American sense, in Italy, was coupled with fascism. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's same in Germany. Sure. I mean, in Germany, mm-hmm. you see no sense of patriotism, with the exception of like Italy when a soccer match is going on. I mean, you just don't. See, like, I remember when they had the World Cup, which. We so wonderfully won, and uh, it's been far too long since we've got to celebrate that. Uh, in 2006 in Germany, and people were saying, like, you know, all these commentators were saying, it's amazing to see the German tricolor blowing over Berlin. I'm like, as if they had hid them in the closets until this event came about. And, and, I, and look, we're dealing with that in a global scale. Well, Italy was super patriarch under Mussolini. So patriotism yeah, is seen as a fascist. Completely. I'm not saying to jump in with you. Like, I'm, th- I'm here thinking, right? Like, there's no, like, patriotic music, right? You know what do you have? Toto Cotugno's Italiano. Like what? He didn't even he didn't even right. write that, it, but he that's like born that's promoted. like and born that's in the a joke USA. In Italy right. Now. You can't yeah. play that no. in Italy. And that's like They'll... born in the USA in America. It's not right. like patriotic songs. Right. I may say, but I'm saying like Italy had all like Facciettonera and Giovinetta yeah. and you know all the fascist era music. Yeah. So that they the like idea to pretend of, never happened. Yes, that's true. Yes, they like to pretend never happened. It's interesting how the conversation evolves into like Italy's identity crisis in a lot of ways. That mm. is the underpinning of the economic crisis, which becomes the underpinning of tourism and the crisis we're facing right now. Because I, I think what everybody's dealing with, I mean, Italy for a while had the closest thing to a populist government that Europe has seen yet. And I think what everybody's dealing with is the real arrival of a globalized society and obviously immigration being the keystone to all of that. And I find it really interesting when I'm in Sicily, and as Allison's a Sicilian expert, it's an interesting conversation. You know, all of Italy is melding in a melting pot of cultures. That's been our historical experience. I say with a lot of confidence, no region of the 20 regions more so than Sicily, which has every culture ever basically in it. But I find a lot of the Sicilian politicians who in their talk about immigration harken back to like the Norman period and say, look, there was a time where ours was the only capital city in Europe in the in the known world at that point where you could have Muslim, Jew, Latin Christian, Eastern Christian all together, all functioning. And 
there's a certain sense of pride in Sicily as, as being the, the ultimate proto-melting pot. Yes, yes, And I absolutely. see it as a political message now. It is. They and, talk and about and it the a lot. Pr- the, the mayor of Palermo, Leo yeah. Orlando, it's he's, a big thing it's his it's his flag. He's always yeah. saying that. And I, I admire it a great deal. And, and they point to the Arab-Norman era, which is you know, 12th century to mid-14th century um, or so. Um, this was a glorious time for Sicily because the Norman kings understood they had a multicultural society and they needed to integrate all of these cultures together. Yeah. And out of it grew this incredible architectural period, a lot of science, a lot of uh, his, rec- just recognizing that the melting of the cultures could contribute to a very strong kingdom. And a global significance for that kingdom. I mean, Absolutely. there was a global power. It's and very important People in miss that. Well, part of that, I mean, I could go into a whole thing about modern, you know, I- Italian and Italy in terms of <laughs> the Kingdom of Savoy. They they didn't want people to know about this history. Absolutely not. They, You're they, preaching they, to the choir I here. I know, I am. <laughs> so um, th- that's a very important thing to know is that a lot of the stuff now is coming out only in the last t- 10 years or so, 15 totally. years. It's becoming more in the public consciousness because... We're finally able to talk about our history, yeah. you know, Sicilian history and Sicilian culture, that it was a kingdom unto itself until 1860. And, and it was very wealthy. Yeah. It was a very wealthy and, and very strong kingdom for centuries. And the, the modern Italian government didn't want you to know that. No. Not they didn't all. want you to know that. So, and they didn't want you to think of Sicilian as a language. Oh. We know it's a language, people. It has a literature. It has a music. It, it was written. Uh, it has poetry. So it was a language, but they wanted you to think it was not, and so they called it a dialect. And this is true with Neapolitan. And this is why I'm your biggest fan. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's moments like this that I'm like, God bless you. Well, you John. know, I mean, I, I really point to the people I work with in Sicily for educating me about this and educating my clients about it. They're historians, they're people who wrote books, and so I work with people who are just fantastic and and love their heritage, love their history, love their culture. And so that's the thing that my clients come back saying, the guides that you connected us with were incredible, and we learned so much from them. And so when you're working with people who have such a love for what they do and such a, a pride in their land, and it's really wonderful, and and it's and you, you start – Preaching what they preach. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is what I'm talking about when I talk about the history. And we need to explain what was really, what we've what been missing. And, and I mean, that transference between particularly like the Italian-American community in Italy, I think is so important because I oftentimes find we're going to Italy and we're preaching this message back to them because we have some ownership in it, right? It was our shared history. The tree, Absolutely. Did, the branch didn't branch off at that point. So we, it is us. It's authentically and holistically us. We have a natural interest. And we go, and they know nothing about it. So we're almost reverse evangelizing. And the way that they think of it is not that, like, the tree has a branch and we're on the branch. No, they, the they, branch we're another tree. Yeah, we're another tree. We're a whole other tree. Right, right. Yeah. Right. You know, like, it, it's it's like the other day, like, uh, I have these moments all the time. You can cut this out if you want, but I don't know. But, like, a lady posted two of my recipes. They were on one plate, one paper plate. So it was like a chicken cutlet next to the rigatoni with broccoli. And someone said, but it's important for you to point out that this is an Italian-American's plate it's and crazy. not an Italian person's plate. Because that mixed. would never happen. Because it never mix. That would, would never, never put happen. the two things and on I'm one like, plate. Really? Even, what <laughs> if amazing. you only had one plate, though? You know, <laughs> 200 <laughs> years ago, we, we, we are you guys always had yeah. lots of plates. They ate it at one bowl. I don't, I don't think that's going to last, though. I think that that's going to subside because I think that... The Italian kids are learning English. 
and that they're out there and they're on Instagram and I think they're on Facebook and they're they're they're, they're just as nasty on Instagram. I was gonna say I, I, what um, the, the sign I want to see. I want to see an Italian drinking from a bottle of water directly. If I see that without having to pour it into a plastic cup first. No, but I pour it into a plastic cup. I think that that Italian ignorance, bro. No one agrees no, no, with you no. more than me, but the, I think like, that at home, I know they do things like that. The sure, because they do it in Italy behind closed yes, doors as if the, it's something dirty. It's, Correct. It's okay when one of them does it. Yeah. It's all okay when one of them does it. When an Italian blogger makes lasagna with Philadelphia, it's oh okay. <laughs> when I do it, I'm the Antichrist because I'm <laughs> right. American. Right, right. So right. that's mm. the problem. They're protective. Yeah, but that's the problem, and they act like we're these mutants. Uh, mutants Bizarro that world. are coming to destroy their culture that they don't even care about anymore. It's like in uh, Superman. He, one of his enemies is Bizarro. He comes from Bizarro yes. world. Everything is opposite. He looks like Superman, but everything is just a little bit off. I think they look at us like but, Bizarro Italians. But they're like, oh, these traditions are stupid and antiquated. It's like, okay, well, we're still going to do them. But you don't do it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you yeah, in terms I, of I, the I, fact I, that we need God. to own our Italian-American culture mm-hmm. as I, its own thing. It's, a, yeah, it's sure. its own we, thing. We've, 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 we've it's all its come thing. to that. Yeah. But it's not another tree. It's its own yeah. thing. It's a different no, part of the tree. It's a different part of the tree. But can Absolutely. I just jump in one yeah. second? Yes. Every statistic you look at, the median age now of Italy is 45 years old. Oh, yeah. Old. It's not good. Italy is dying. Yeah. The small towns are dying. Yes. The country is yes. dying. Mm-hmm. So it's the death throes of a country and a demographic nosedive. Because what's going to happen is, well, I- I'm going to tell you what a, a priest said to me. Um, you know that I run the feast for Madonna de Monde in in Clifton, New Jersey, and he How made. How did a, I not know that? Right, and he posters. made a com- he made a comment to me. Well, he's like, maybe when this dies, like all these things die off here because there's no one left. You'll keep it going in America. I was stunned. Now he didn't say that publicly. He said it to me on the side. He said, you know, we're dying. There's no young people in the south of Italy. Um, this is all going to come to an end. You know, I was very. Of course, it was being a tank conversation was negative because that's that's how they roll, but. I was like, wow. And I think that all these issues, the, the, the uh, you know, you put rigatoni in the same plate as a piece of chicken, as a chicken cutlet, and that, that fly off the handle of who they are. Two things I think are affected. I'm not going to say change is affected. Number one, they're being exposed to us more via social media. And they may not get us, but they know we're here to an extent now. Social media has opened up channels that weren't there before. And some of them, what's going to change Italy is not Italian, young Italian kids coming here. It's going to be young Italian kids getting out of Italy. Because once they get out of Italy, that kind of very closed mentality that's Italy. Like there's one way to do it, and that's the way we do it. And if you don't, you just don't count. That's being challenged. The Italian kids are being forced out for labor. That's the first thing. The second thing is they're going to become a country with real demographic issues. Which is a, it's a, it's a, whole, a whole animal to itself. And the third is regional pride is absolutely growing because I never saw a novel down written like I've seen on Facebook. As soon as Facebook came out, I saw people because they had a comment on posts and they had a comment the way they speak. So they'd say a few words in Italian, a few words in the quote-unquote dialect, a few words in Italian. So even though the language is, the speaking of the regional languages is plummeting, there's a little bit more pushback because it's now has a place in the arena. Now, you see like Vesuvio Live, which is the Neapolitan, which is a huge player in Campania as far as, as the culture of, of the province of Naples. There's talking about Neapolitan. I, I, I'm seeing more and more printing articles written in Neapolitan. Yeah. 
It's true in Sicilian, too. There's a yeah. lot more Sicilian being spoken now. People are owning it again. Yeah. Especially in the small towns, the fishing villages. Yeah, <laughs> it's very... Italy's sad because I say all the time, Italy is this beautiful woman who abuses herself. She's this beautiful model, and she drinks too much, and yeah. she <laughs> eats too much, and she's in the sun too much, and... Yeah. And she doesn't sleep, and like she, she's like, you're, if you just maintain, I mean, you're so beautiful. Why do you not? Why does everyone else see your beauty, but you don't? My very, well, that's well, well said. Wow, Pat. you know, it, and it's it. Frankly, I think it also goes for our Italian American culture because you know we talk about the fact that it might not be appreciated there, but we have to appreciate it too because I mean, Allison, you know, you've got the cannoli crawl, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's really, that really is an Italian-American tour. Absolutely. Can I come? And I can't wait to come. And I think about the idea of like, how many get do we get to eat in one day? Well, okay, so, and you that's, and that, like you're, you're saying, And I John, love milk. Can the I cannoli bring a crawl <laughs> is... Can I bring a quarter milk? I like, like... No, please, no milk. Why? That's no, like, that's too much. Trust <laughs> me, you're, you're not eating enough. You want so, that? I so love, I love like a, milk it, and cookies. <laughs> I can put coffee in to feel more Italian. A little shot of there's a lot of co- there's a lot of coffee on the trip. You have two two options, two different places. How so, many in one day, though? So so they talk right over me. John gave you the program. I just want how many cannolis can I get in one day? You there's three cannolis. Jersey, we say ganol, but no one's gonna know that. No, it's my own dialect. My family ganol. says ganol, ganol too. Um, ganol. There there are three cannoli on the on the tour. So we start with. The first place we are, which is Rocco's Pasticceria, that's where we start, is your first cannolo. And this is a New York-style, classic New York-style cannolo. That's on Bleecker Street? On Bleecker Street. That's my wife's cousin. Yeah? Yeah. The uh, Generoso family? Yeah, they're married. To my, well, it's a long story, but yes, they're married. I got a Rocco's in Bay Ridge. Are we going to get a break? If we drop, if we drop, if we drop your name, we're going to get a break? No. They wouldn't know my name. They brought my wedding, but they won't know my name. Allison, I'm sorry. can you explain the difference between a Sicilian cannolo and a New York cannolo? Thank Absolutely. you. That's what I wanted to get. How about a Neapolitan? Thank you. Oh, very, well, I can't ex- uh, The Neapolitan cannolo is just a copy of the Sicilian cannolo. So, um, <laughs> Pat, contain yourself. <laughs> See, contain yourself. <laughs> He's being very Really, nice. if you're in Naples, don't eat cannoli there. Just eat No, but we have a pastry cake. A crema pasticcera. <laughs> we don't usually go up. Eat local. And we have vanilla right. on one side, chocolate on the other. We and have also, our own. you know, that's the also Zeppoli. You have your have your Saint Joseph Zeppoli. I'm gonna have my Sfinge di San Giuseppe. That's fine. <laughs> okay, we can agree. I like my sheep's milk have... ricotta. So the the big difference is the sheep's milk ricotta versus cow's milk ricotta. That is the 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 primary difference between mm. there you go between New York American style cannoli and Sicilian cannoli. Now. Uh, there is a portion of Sicily in Ragusa province where they have cows that make milk that are it's very sweet milk um, and so they use cow's milk ricotta in in a portion of Ragusa province but the rest of Sicily is is, is sheep's milk ricotta and don't confuse it with goat please because <laughs> goat you, that's great for goat cheese. That's right. great. A goat is not a sheep. That's great yeah. for your yeah. salad. That's, uh, that's what point out. It's yeah. not good for it's cannoli unless it's the the capre. Argentane, which is the the special goats in Agrigento province with the horns that um, go up Twisty to the horns. sky. Yeah. Um, they make a very sweet, high protein milk, and one of the best cannoli I've ever eaten in my life was made with, Can uh, with we their go? goat milk. What about bufala ricotta? Whoa. Well, I don't know, and maybe that's, that's maybe your that's Neapolitan why we have hybrid, to go that. to <laughs> see if that's even no, possible. I, I listen, Pat's gonna go on. and reverse no, it. I don't want to <laughs> be no Sicily. I say it as a respectful thing. I know Sicily. you do. I, I would love Sicily. to see Pat go to Battipaglia or uh, Capacho and milk it. a buffalo <laughs> and then 
himself <laughs> and then go to in Batipalia and Capacho where you know the the most famous buffalo milk farms are mm-hmm. and then i want to see him get Don't on like a boat us. or a train <laughs> and go to sicily I have a and team bring it pe- to sicily <laughs> Enter it in competition. No, we, 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 why do we have happens. to go to Sicily for? Let them come to us and eat ours. Oh, my God, not me. But let me right. ask you, can I ask you a question? Mm. Do you offer a tour that's just based, a canolo-based tour? A in canolo Sicily? Siciliano tour? Like, can we go on a tour? Well, and can we go all around Sicily eating these for nine days? Well, it's not... Um, Starting right Asking say, for a friend. Let's say this, okay? <laughs> asking, asking for, for a friend. friend. <laughs> <laughs> let's say this. No, when I'm proud, and I'm going to bring me, milk. You eat, I love milk. You, I will tell you wherever you're going to have this. You must have this canola. So essentially, like, you could eat canola That's what I want to do. I don't want to go to a monument <laughs> to see, like, you know, Well, and I do a have beach. a food and wine tour in September. It's called Stirring Sicily. We do cook, but it's also a lot of eating, a lot of eating. Um, but, you know, Sicily is being agricultural. Can you wear stretchy? Can you create a stretchy pair? Of, John, he's obsessed <laughs> with it. He wants men's maternity pants from when we go to Italy to eat. He's been talking about this for years. <laughs> and, and, and and painted like John's jacket. With yes. Yes. Caretto Siciliano. It's Sicilian yeah. stretchy pants <laughs> that right. eating in Sicily. Caretto Siciliano, yep. Yep. Because, yep. you know, if it looked cool in Sicily, they'd go for it. If it just looked like stretchy pants, you couldn't get away with it. No. Instead, it was an artistic presentation made by an American artist. <laughs> We could have oh, granola yeah. legs. We could do a lot with this. Could you come up with stretchy pants for a Sicily tour? I'll do my, my best. Goodness. I'm his official in-house designer. <laughs> what is a Sicily tour like? Swordfish, eggplant, eggplant, swordfish, canola. Are you out of your mind? You talk about the richest culinary region in the country. No, I love swordfish and eggplant. That's yeah. what I so but that's, that's not a, a that's negative a, comment. It's like the comment implied that it was limited options. No, but it's it's all over Sicily. Well, no, How many no, times well, have you and I gone for Pinnell? Very much the, the what season were you there? Because that's important. Christmas time. Okay, the, well, so yeah, well, I not mean, much growing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to no. I don't mean it's negative I because they eat very seasonally. So if you go like during this period, it's all artichokes. All you're going to mm. eat is artichokes and cardoon. So oh. like oh. that's it. Cardoon yeah, is you, my that's favorite. what you're going to eat. If you go in the summer, all you're going to get is zucchini and then tomatoes. Like it, it's just that's how it works. So. No, and no, also I, the I, fish I is the I, same. The fish is swordfish also seasonal. Is, is your swordfish is very emblematic of Sicily? Isn't it's if you? I agree. Swordfish that. and eggplant are your emblems. And tuna. And tuna. Tuna, tuna yeah. is tuna's more. I would say, if you asked, and I, I think the the herb of Sicily is mint. Uh, I'm a yeah. big my yeah. my Sicilian's family. You like eggplant, mint, mint yeah, and Puglia, we do a lot of mint. Do you really? No, because yeah. I think that basil is very Naples. Basil, basil is yes. very, yes. very Naples. Absolutely. So I don't think, I don't know, they're always cornering me in here into a negative Sicilian comment, which isn't the case. I just well, think that it's as eggplant is your, is your vegetable. Right. And when they say spicy Sicilian, like you'll buy like something in, like, you know, some, I'm like, there's nothing spicy in Sicily. No. Sorry. That's nothing. calabrese. Please yeah. get your peppers. That's but true. you know, another, yeah. another Sicilian taste is... Your grating cheese is more of a ricotta salat. You have yes. more yes. of a baked yes. ricotta. That's so. I'm trying to say is that when I go places, and and I like to eat pecorino. what's there, right? Mm-hmm. So when I was in Puglia, I mean, do we want to say it on air? Yeah, I well, had, we, I we as much enjoyed horses, as much as horses we right. could. So they had horse in Sicily. Sure. In, in, well, that's in, where the horse right. farms are. Right. That they they cultivate Puglia. horses to eat the horse meat. And Puglia yeah. has. But horse. Catania has a horse. How many? Meat how many viewers do you think we just lost right now with horse meat? Tell oh, them yeah. about the pony, about Puledro. We eat that, too. I've never had that. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that I didn't know about. Well, they eat, they eat the juch in, in uh, Donkey, too, I, yeah. yeah uh, I'm dying yeah, but to can try I, it. Can fantastic. I tell you? I know. I'm, I, I ate the, the water buffalo. Uh, in, on in our it. tour, we, we go to a place called Antichi Sapori in Montegrosso. Uh, 
the entire the the restaurants as big as John's office, uh, towns as big as as the floor of the office. That's it. There's a piazza, a church, and this restaurant, <laughs> and he he serves filetto d'asino. Is it good? Wow. It's fantastic. I'm dying to have we don't it. tell anyone what it is until after, and none of them are mad. No, wow. How could you be? Well, no one has it, gotten mad at me. It's an authentic experience. Like normally at home here, I don't I don't yeah. cow, for example. But when I was in Catania last year. I said to my friend, take me to the best place to have horse meat. I want to try it. Yeah. Now, I didn't. I can't say I liked it so much. It wasn't my favorite thing. But I did eat it because when in Rome, you, you know, I do what the Romans do. And so it's part of traveling as a, a, and having those experiences is, is opening your heart and mind to, to learning about the culture where you are. And I find that most people are, if you're on a tour like that in the first place, you know, I mean, we both do cooking tours, food tours. Mm-hmm. If you're on a food tour, you have a certain mindset about being open about yeah. what you're going to eat. Yeah. I mean, and I, I'm sure you have some more stories about interesting people. I mean, as do I. I had a lady who came with her protein powder <laughs> once <laughs> right, crazy. and complained about, you know, how much pasta we served Come on, on a food tour in southern Come Italy. On. But, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part, people are really open yes. and want to try the, the yes. weird stuff, the cool yes. stuff. Co- co- well, co- and the travelers I attract, certainly, that's what they want. They want to have these things, these experiences. So, yeah. But, um, you're you're going to attract people and, who are and, real foodies and interested in food. And my first tour of Italy was with my graduating class when I was a senior in high school. And I was disappointed. I mean, and by then I had been to Italy 10 times, but I had never left Mola di Bari. And I was finally in Rome and Florence and Venice. And every restaurant we ate at, you know, it was one of those like EF educational yes. tours yes. of bus 60 kids. We shared half the bus with kids from North Carolina. <laughs> And you know we had we had hamburgers and French fries oh. on every oh, menu. There was no local no. because you know these places are just so concerned with you know people having limited uh, palates and and stuff. So they they just threw the safest food at us. Right. That That's they right. could. Let right. me just say something though uh, to people who are listening who might this is a whole different chapter of what they see as Italy's culinary tradition is that in Italy when the donkey stopped working the donkey got too old. You killed the donkey and you made it into suprasad and you ate the meat. You had to. You had well, to. Well, and you used every part of it. Yeah. Sure. Everything. So when the your skin, horse, you might make a, a drum out of the skin, even. Right. You know, right. So. And I'm saying, like, people are like, well, oh my God, this is disgusting. This is called survival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, in Italy, you don't waste anything. When the horse, not. you have to remember, if you were in a village, the guy who had the horse, you wanted to be his friend. You had to borrow that horse, rent that horse to plow your field because there was a good chance if you were a subsistence farmer. If, if, if you had a, a couple of acres, a hectares of land, you couldn't afford a horse. Yeah. And people would rent out horses from neighbors, maybe borrow a horse from a neighbor to plow. And then when the horse couldn't work anymore, you could not afford to waste hay on the horse. Sure. And the horse was killed and you ate the horse because that was life. Absolutely. So in Puglia, you had a very strong tradition of that. And I think that people have to understand it. Yes, your ancestors ate donkey and horse because you had to live. Yeah. And that was your protein source. And protein sources, meat-based protein sources, were not were not easy to... No, they were expensive. So that's why when people, like, you know, uh, poo-poo on chicken parmigiana, 
you know, I always say you have to look at that from the perspective of someone who was starving in Italy and could only afford eggplant parmigiana because it was growing at the time. And then all of a sudden they find themselves in a new country with new circumstances and money. New ingredients. And they they were like excited. Yes. Think of how exciting that must have been. Yes. And to to be able to serve that to your guests was a sign of that you had wealth and you were prosperous absolutely and that's why i say we, we need to be proud of our italian american cuisine and our italian american culture absolutely uh, let me ask you another question the famous sicilian carts which are so all right let me you always beat me up i'm anti-sicilian which is not true i love sicily i know you do palermo was stunning palermo was absolutely stunning the jesuit church in palermo yes gorgeous was so overwhelming yeah i um no, uh, the, the, the I would say the Jesuit Church in Palermo, and the Palatine, the, the Capella Palatina, yeah. Capella mm-hmm. Palatina, mm-hmm. are stunning beyond words. Because I've always said, Sicily, Neapolitans are verbal, yeah, musical, verbal, uh, uh, poetry, uh, theater. Sicilians are visual. You're absolutely right, and the Sicilian estate is a visual estate, You're right. and that's why. They are master decorators, yeah. right? Yes. Their churches are master decorators. Well, and you know that the carts... The cart, that's the exactly Palem- where I'm Palermo going with this. The Palermo-style carts the- are actually in the style of Monreal Cathedral, actually. When you look at them, they have a primary color is yellow, and then you see a lot of uh, similar to tiles, you know, this this uh, graphic style. So the actual, the cart painters are actually referring to those Arab Norman designs when they are painting the carts. I know it's, it seems strange, but when you start looking at them closely, you can see that the, those those graphic designs are, are connected to each other. Whereas the Catanese carts the, on the eastern side of Sicily are more Baroque. They have a lot more curly cues. Uh, rose red is more of the primary color because that's where the Sicilian Baroque is so prevalent. So this is like cool stuff that you learn from my tourists like when you come with me. <laughs> <laughs> is the car tradition still alive? Yes, in in a sense. Um, Michele Ducato is a friend of mine. He's in Begaria. That's where my family is from, and he's one of his family is a painter. Um, They're painting now for Dolce & Gabbana. He just made an espresso machine that was in that style, and I was like, oh, my God, that's the espresso machine I want is that one. I wanted it, too, until I saw the price tag, and I was like, I'll paint my own. How much is it? It's expensive. Oh, they're crazy. The The refrigerators and... The the refrigerators are... But I can have Michele paint one for me. (laughs) I know him personally, so I just bring one to his uh, his workshop, and he and his cat will sit there and paint one for me. Even the the marionette tradition. Oh, yes. the poopy is unbelievable. But I, if you ask me what I find is so indicative of the Sicilian mind is the decorative breads. Mm-hmm. The breads. Because Campania's breads are not pretty. No, Sicilian yeah, breads are Here's the well, bread. St. Joseph breads. Mm-hmm. Well, and in fact, stunning. this weekend I'm hosting a bread-making for St. Joseph workshop. And then it, uh, I have a feast next Sunday, the 15th of March, that I'm doing. Um, I will build an altar right in the restaurant with all the breads that we're making That's this amazing. weekend. And what restaurant is this? Cacio Avino on 2nd Avenue and 5th oh Street. And where can our listeners find out about this event if they want to participate in St. Joseph's Day? ExperienceSicily.com, and you look for the events link on the top. And, and all of the events I'm hosting, the cannoli crawl and everything else that I host throughout the year are listed there. Well, you heard it right here. If you want to experience St. Joseph's Day with Allison, who is clearly an expert, on a place that I know I love very much. I think we all do. No better way to do it. And Ro and I are going to be in the Big Easy in a couple of days. So excited. Oh, We're wow. We're going down for the How 50th exciting. anniversary of the Italian-American Marching Club. Or Fantastic. Now the Italian-American St. Joseph Society. And uh, we're going to be 
filming an episode or two maybe of Greetings from Italian America down there and celebrating St. Joseph's Day, which is a big deal for me. Absolutely. Coming from a Sicilian family. So, Allison, we could do 20 episodes talking about this stuff because uh, you're such a wealth of information and such a pleasant... You really are. Pleasant... You, you, uh, you really are. Pleasant neighbor, as you thank are. Thank you, thank you. So thank you really for being here. This has been awesome. Thank you for having me. This has been a lot so of what, fun. So are we going to do the crawl? Absolutely. When you're ready, I will, we'll get it together. I do private ones as well, and I have four dates coming up. And you don't just eat cannoli because you can't. You'll you'll do too you much. You want to make it. <laughs> you want to put. You want to back that up a little bit. Of <laughs> I've been to Italy with him about twenty times. My <laughs> brother went to a place. It's a full lunch menu as well as no, eating no. The don't, cannoli. Don't don't ruin no, no. my moment. No. Don't destroy <laughs> my bro- when shooty shooty, which was Sicilian pastry place in Rome. Oh okay. My brother was there, um, and he basically put money on the counter. <laughs> And said, like, keep them coming. The Italian guy's <laughs> chin hit the floor. <laughs> and Anthony just kept a- eating them until like, everything. Well, this is, you guys are fantastic. How about if Pat can finish a certain amount of cannoli, his ticket is free? <laughs> <laughs> no, that uh, makes me out to be like I'm in a contest. I just no. want to enjoy myself. Yeah, no, It's no. more of a record than a it's contest. It's not a record. <laughs> it's just that I just want to have fun. Boys just want to have fun. Cannolis. <laughs> John yes. loves cassata. If you oh, want to make, I, it's my favorite thing in the world. You know? But if you want to, yeah, I, I'll take Why do you cassata. hate cassata? Uh, it's the it's best a, thing It's a bit battle. My mother brought it every year for my birthday. We'd be in Italy in August. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big sweet tooth either. It's very sweet. It's pretty much sugar. Very, very I, sweet. I, and sugar. I, mm-hmm. and you want a great cassata. La Bella Marketplace has them from Sicily. That's right. They they're do. imported, yeah. Sea mm-hmm. gel. Mm-hmm. I had They have such ice cream. Gelato, too. Oh, it was fantastic. Let's hope that they make it over with the uh, current crisis. I'll send a uh, rowboat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so can now we, we have, have a solution. A, can we have like a uh, save the Italian food, uh, a rescue ship <laughs> to get Italian food over here? Captain Pat. I'll be on a rescue. Captain Pat's Italian Can we have a rescue, rescue? ship? Yes. Come on. Oh, my goodness. Well. If you're worried about the future of Italian cuisine and products, you know Pat's going to go for the good stuff. So, if you want to volunteer for the crew of the rescue ship, <laughs> call Pat. <laughs> Write to him on uh, find us on social. Well, it's been a great episode, and for whatever it's worth, we here at the Italian American Podcast are praying for Italy, praying for everybody around the world suffering from this mystery virus, and uh, and hoping that everything gets better soon. So, thanks for listening, and from all of us here at the Italian American Podcast. We'll be back next week. Ciao. The world on a plate. So see that you're born in Italiano and your life will be great. See that you're born in Italian if you want your life to be great. See that you're born in Italiano and your life will be great. See that you're born in Italiano. 